Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. I said what you know about it. It's the stupid baby. Got the knees in plus. And the room a lot. Hello, you're listening to the Stew, the first podcast brought to you by Lyft, the best car service around. <laughs> I'm Jason Stewart, Andre Conaparo. Say hello. Hello. We got one guest, our man Andy from Bob and Grandma's Bread in the building. Thanks for having me. Yo. Thanks for coming. What's good, man? Thanks for making your bread. We had to fight through a lot of uh, stoplights somewhere. Let me tell you what, traffic today is a real nightmare. (laughs) Over here in LA. Los Angeles. Stuart, how did you get here? Yeah, I took Sepulveda up here. It was a mess. Um, Sepulveda. For people who don't don't know, uh, Bob and Grandma's is uh, a, a, a bread making. Um, a bread making machine outfit in Los Angeles that gang. over the last couple of years has got a lot of attention from very cool people who are well respected chefs in the game, myself included, and Andre as well. Um, mm-hmm. I love it. When was that pop up that we did? Where were you? Oh, I guess it was like 2000. It must have been a year ago. Yeah, something, something like that. that. It, was like a, it was like a year ago. So that, was, we, that was early, early. Yeah. We were early on the cusp. I think that was just me back in the day. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Not that long ago. We found out about it because of wax paper. Is that right? That's how I remember it. Maybe. It must maybe, have been right at, right no, at the I, beginning I think of wax Maybe paper. I knew about it before through Dune. Dune was the first, yeah. It was probably Dune. Maybe Dune. Yeah, because I live near Dune. So Dune in Atwater Village, wax paper, Frogtown, yeah. uh, Kismet uses your bread. Yeah. Who else? Uh, Moza. Moza, never uh, heard of it. What else you got? Uh, yeah, <laughs> so that Vietnamese spot in San Gabriel Valley. What is it? <laughs> yeah. Wait, what does Moza use your bread for? That's where they we do all their all their bread. You do at all Ost- their bread at Osteria, yeah, just Osteria. When like did this table, happen? Like table bread. This in? happened like four months ago, something like that. Three months ago. That that Moza counts like a little bit of a juicy one. It's the craziest thing that's ever happened to us <laughs> thus far. Yeah. I would imagine. I mean, something like that. It's that's incredible. Also, I didn't even well, know now that. that I'm unpacking that. Austria Moza, owned by Nancy Silverton, who owns La Brea Bakery. She dropped her own bakery to use us. Yeah. Super weird. How the fuck does that feel? Uh, I mean, it was, it was disturbing. I mean, I can, I can, <laughs> I can walk it back. I mean, our, one of walk our two. Walk it back, had, cause I just yeah. realized that you, she has, a, she has one of the most famous. It makes complete sense to me I mean, in the sense that not, they, she does volume. Yeah, they do, sense. They do she's not decent. really, she sold yeah. the company. Yeah. So, I mean, she's not really there. You know, other than to, but just in the back of my mind, I'm seeing like the the chef's table or like a a show on Nancy where it's like all about bread. And then I just I discovered bread making, and I spent years and years, and my my family hates me because I'm obsessed with bread. And and then this is crazy. And then boom, she she grew her bakery to a level where 
you know, she kind of grew it, grew herself out of it. Yeah. Yeah. And they have it at an airport in Finland or something. Yeah. You can get I'm sure, a yeah. La Brea baguette. It's owned by a European company now. So, I mean, it's, it's, their goal is to take it everywhere. Um, sure. But I think, you know, at a certain point. she made some cash on that deal? I, I think she's, <laughs> I think she's chilling, so to speak. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I mean, our, our, one of our two head bakers, Chris, his first pastry job was working at Mosta, Mosta and he worked there for a year. Um, and then he was a pastry chef at Tasting Kitchen in Venice and then came to work for, for us. And mm-hmm. I don't know how the bread got back to somebody who was working there, but it found its way through that channel to Nancy. And she was, like, very tired of the bread that was coming out of the mechanized, you know, no-hand Yep. Uh, non-handmade bread that was coming out of La Brea anymore. So I think that, that it was just time for a switch. So totally. So, the, so totally all insane. all of the bread that they use at Osteria, yeah. you, not a not a pizzeria or a cheese baka, yeah. But and in order to uh, to fill that that order, did you have to get a, more employees for your business? Yeah, I mean, or? I mean, it's the it's our biggest account by far, not by far, but it's our biggest account. Mm-hmm. And uh, I mean, we've been consistently adding people, but the problem is, and has been a problem. We were talking about this. Earlier is like it's been. Uh, we've been looking for a new bakery space for six months to try and get out of this. We're currently doing bread for fifty restaurants in six hundred square feet, with five or six people in the bakery baking every day out of a what to the layperson is a large oven, but to us is way too small four deck steam injection oven that is just you know we can only bake forty eight loaves per bake. So the only way to are you on twenty four hour shifts? No, I mean we I I refuse to do that. I mean it took. All of my, like, I just had to let go of the idea of cutting it off at 5 a.m. And when we when we move, which we're going to move soon, the 5 a.m. start time will be, I would like that to be the earliest we ever go. Mm-hmm. Because I think part of the reason why we've been doing well is because our bakers are happy and can lead right. normal, normal lives and be with their families and when they come home from work not need to collapse and be dead right. for the rest of the day but yeah. can be like a real human. Because, I mean, mm-hmm. most bakeries in this town, in the country, in the world are running those, like, 24 hours or three shifts. Or it's There's like, a lot of cocaine dealers that are very unhappy well, I mean, to hear I, you say I, this. I, I, right I, that's, a real, that's a real, I mean, it's a real thing in the food industry in general. But, yeah. like, uh, <laughs> you know, baker's hours are legendary. It's insane. I mean, if you I talk mean, to anybody about shifts, hours, time. make donuts. It's insane. I mean, it's <laughs> <laughs> Time to make the donuts. You guys yeah. got, you got a cigarette? <laughs> oh, my God. I mean, it's, that's, that's, that's real. I think that's. I, I would not. Yeah, be but you guys use Adderall, probably not yeah, Coke. Right? You know? We've got alternative means of uh, <laughs> motivating our people. Mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. you know, it's just uh, something that I personally don't. I don't want to get. You know, it's it's fucking hard enough to get phone calls at five in the morning when the, a fuse blows and the oven is dead, which happens all the fucking time. <laughs> like if that happened at two a.m. I mean, even though, like I have to get up at two forty-five on Sunday morning anyway. Uh, mm. Even if that happened, I just I don't want to deal with that, and I more importantly don't want to put people through that. Even if there's people who would do that shift, it's part of a system that is like not. Mm-hmm. I, I don't want money that bad. Well, like, that's what I was gonna. I mean, yeah. what you're talking about is really healthy because we were talking earlier before that started about mm-hmm. culture cultures in different kitchens or restaurants, and you know what you're describing is you you waitlist. You were saying you've waitlisted some places as you're waiting to get in the new yeah. space and grow. And, you know, you're not doing 24-hour shifts, and what you're doing is saying you're saying no to some business, but you're also basically paying for that for quality of life. And yeah. also... And quality of bread. And what I was going to yeah. say is, and that quality of life translates to me, 100%. in food or anything else, into quality of, of, of the actual product. I think it's bigger, bigger than that, too. It's just like, 
I think that's that's a part of a bigger philosophy of like how do you treat your people? Mm-hmm. Like are they your friends who you give a shit about and right. like want them to have good lives and be happy people and like stick with you and grow with the business and reward them as you succeed? Or do you want to just like have drones that you can get in there to crank out crap at ridiculous hours of the night to make you an extra buck so you can go on vacation or buy an Audi? Right. Like that I don't want any of that. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I want yeah. to go on vacation, but I don't want I don't want an Audi. Um, <laughs> right. I, like not that there's anything wrong with Audis. Audis are a little. Yeah, I got to stick with my truck, but like for functional purposes. But um, and also, especially for a food like bread that's so technique based. If, if if you're if you're angrily making bread. Yeah. Oh, we've had angry tra- bakers who've come and go. I mean, it's it translates it, into the quality. Of, yeah, you taste it. It's totally tasteable. I mean, that's like what we were talking about before. All of our. When you open accounts. up your third eye, brother. Yeah, it's for real. I, if all of your all of the accounts that we have that are filled with the happiest people and the people who give a shit the, uh, the most about their people and us, their vendors, their far- farmers, like all of the people that they're working with, are the ones who are the happiest in their lives, the ones whose businesses are succeeding, the ones whose food tastes the best. It's because they care, and like maybe mm-hmm. I, you know, I think I think about this all the time. Maybe my caring is born of like a fear of embarrassment. I don't know because we're constantly on display every day, mm-hmm. 50 restaurants. It's not just one right. place. It's like if we fuck up, you know, Wax Paper and Nancy Silverton and, mm-hmm. you know, like like all the people that we work with don't have bread in their restaurants and it fucks up their life. Like yeah. if you don't care about that, then how could your business work? Like mm-hmm. <laughs> how could yeah, yeah, yeah. it possibly work? You can ride Instagram. You can ride, you know, the press. You can ride whatever you want. But like in the end... It's not like you have to be a good person and give a shit. Do you like, feel like you, do you feel like you're working better because you have other people? Oh, you have fifty different people who are holding you accountable for for what you're. I what sure you're doing. shit feel the pressure uh, of yeah. that mm-hmm. every fucking day. And when things go wrong, it's a it's personal. Like right. it's personal. Mm. Like I I I'm just a kind of person to a fault where where it's extremely important to me to please people like mm-hmm. thanks mom like yeah. i yeah it's just, raising a good kid yeah he like, gives a shit about his friends and his yeah employees. like like it's 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 for real it's it's i'm so thankful that i have that but it also it's part of the reason why i think we're doing well and and part of the reason why i think i have like severe anxiety like it's just yeah. like that's the that's, you a virgo what's that you a virgo aquarius mm-hmm we're just getting started yeah <laughs> i don't know anything about astrology yeah uh, it deep. annoys me when a girl asks me that question. <laughs> I know that much about astrology. Uh, that's a whole other pod. Continue. Mm-hmm. Let's see if something branching off of what so you guys severe, are doing. Severe anxiety. Severe is maybe a, mm-hmm. uh, a uh, exaggeration. Uh, a, health, anxiety. a healthy yeah. scooping of anxiety no powder doubt. in your smoothie. Jewish boy from New Jersey. Like, yeah, mm-hmm. I got, it's built in. You know? mm-hmm. uh, so but, eager to please. Yeah. Eager to do a great job. Eager not to fail. Eager not uh, to fail, um, and just be a, eager to have a bunch of people who you respect be like, man, this is so good, and you're doing a great job. Didn't even know that that was a possibility, but super <laughs> thankful that it's happening. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, th- this whole business came out of just like, what do I want to do? Like, you know, I wasn't doing, I, not coming from food. I, I wanted to be in food, and food was always essential to my being and and researching and eating at all the places and exploring and i mean that kind of carries into everything in my life but same baking was just kind of a project i was like i want to know if i'm going to do something in food i can't be bullshit i can't just come in 
and like say, all right, I know what I'm doing. I'm going to open a restaurant and like come in and try and. But why would anyone believe that? People do it all the time, and they succeed sometimes. But I would not feel good personally doing that. So had to figure out where my place was, and the place kind of picked me because I was just doing bread and giving it away to friends. Just to I knew that bread would be a part of whatever I was doing, so I wanted to figure out how to do it. So mm-hmm. when it found its way to Dune, Dune asked me if I could do it, and I said yes. And then it just I had to figure it out after that and just go. I mean, I was close to signing a lease on a on like a space in Cypress Park, like uh, on Figueroa, and the bread thing the, that lease went away. And then the next week, Scott called me from Dune and asked if I could do the bread, and it kind of just that just happened. But it mm-hmm. had to be earnest. It had to I had to know what I was doing mm-hmm. in order to feel okay <clears throat> about myself. So you were just baking bread at home in a normal residential oven. I mean, an especially shitty residential oven, yeah. <laughs> an especially shitty one. Yeah. The same oven that maybe a lot of our listeners have in their no house doubt. right now. No yeah. doubt. But, yeah. you, but, you can, but you can use those ovens. Yeah. They'll I work. Mean, I mean, and I was doing something that I wasn't doing, you know, Chad Robertson's, you know, or Ken Forkish's, you know, uh, combo cooker sourdough bread at that point. I was, I mean, I was doing that also, but the bread that started the business was ciabatta, which is super weird. But, uh, <laughs> why, why is it super weird? Well, it, the commercial, uh, con, um, not commercial, a uh, like conventional home oven is a really terrible place to bake breads that aren't, uh, like you need steam to make things rise properly. Ciabatta less so than sourdough, but you st- it still is a big part of it. Mm-hmm. And to get steam in a home oven, you need to, either hack it or use a combo cooker or a Dutch oven. So I had to hack it because the bread is baking out in the open in there. So you have to, I put like a bunch of, uh, you know, 12 inch lodge cast iron pans on the ground with some chains in them. And then right when you load the bread onto pizza stones and tiles that I had put all over the oven, you pour a bunch of boiling water into all those things. It steams, you close the door really quick after you load it in and then you can get a little bit of steam going. But, um, you said chains in the lodge pans? Like, metal iron chains to help more more heat conducting material right. that when oh, you pour the water like in the it, most surface area exactly. of water to hit yep. metal hot yep. so oh the wow yeah. so you're getting more than many just burns. the bottom of the pans yeah. right many, oh god many so many burns many burns many blown out uh, oven light bulbs to the point where i just decided to not replace it anymore i would like spray sometimes at the beginning when i was trying to figure out the best way to do it i was like spraying using like a you know a regular like I don't even know what you would call it. One of those, like, uh, you know, Windex spray bottles mm-hmm. filled with water on the walls of the oven to try and get more steam going. <laughs> and I sprayed the light bulb, and it just poof, exploded all over the bread that's sitting there. So, oh god, of, the, the Dune didn't get bread that day. I don't think. I want to. Um, I want to picture like. So you were still n- making bread for Dune when you were at home in your shitty oven. That's where. Yeah, I was doing amazing. Yeah. I think of Dune, and then when at that point, Dinette and Stella came on after that, and I had to. I was making the dough at the house and my house in Mount Washington is like a hundred steps up from the road. Mm -hmm. So I wake up in the morning and make the dough in my kitchen. And then I would take the buckets of dough, cart them down the steps to my car, drive them to town pizza and then bake them in their pizza oven and then go deliver them. Um, (laughs) It was mental and multiple times. Like there were at least two instances where I fell down the steps holding all the dough and dumped it all over the fucking stairs. And then when I I just would have to leave it and I came back and it had baked on the steps because it was summertime. It was amazing. That's I mean, that sounds interesting. Gravel bread. It was special. Yeah. Uh, have maybe maybe you, your next venture once your yeah once 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 B and G is really cooking bacon on uh, you can try and figure, well 
first of all, that I mean that one, but also some type of home oven steam hacking System. unit, like yeah. a thing that you can buy to put in your oven to yeah. create like a viable steam element for at-home baking. Yeah. I think that, I mean, there are a lot of breads that you can make in the oven, in your home oven that don't involve the combo cooker or Dutch oven like all the books tell you to do. And I, I, How does the combo cooker method work? I've never done that. So combo, the combo cooker is, uh, it's basically like a cast iron Dutch oven, but it's on the bottom is a skillet. Mm-hmm. And on the top is an is a pot, so it's two different. Units. I get it. Okay. So the, the the what makes that a great thing is that if you're using a Dutch oven and you want to squ- you you know you're proofing the loaf and you take it out and you want to put it it's in the Dutch oven, um, the flip you get it into the bottom of the Dutch oven base, but to reach down in there to a hot, you know, ridiculously hot cast iron yeah. pot requires you going in with a lum with the little razor blade to score the top and end up burning your wrist all the time and it's hard to get the loaf out of there. Combo cooker, because it has a skillet on the bottom, is the loaf is sitting, when you put it in there, it's sitting much higher up and you can right. score it without doing anything. Put the pot inverted on top and then it cooks much, it's much it. easier. Um, also, when you take the pot off after it's risen and you finish the bake, it's, all the heat is hitting all the sides Instead of in the Dutch oven, where the heat only has an option to come in from the top, mm. if you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, that makes sense. Yeah. So, what what is the if you were to make bread at home? Yep. What is the best result? Like, what bread type gives you the best result for for baking at home? Do you think? Um, I I do think like doing other stuff, than flour tortillas. Yeah, well, that's <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that like doing a bowl in the style of how Chad wrote his book or Ken Forkish or any of those other books or even No Need, like the Jim Sullivan It was a little more of a layman's term, my friend. No Need is the one that I tried the most. Completely reasonable. And like... Sourdough or yeasted? Yeasted. Okay. I mean... And like it was... And that's kind of like... Baking has always kind of scared me because of the math and the technique and I think it's very intimidating. I also kind of enjoyed it, but I also, in that way, I think my whole food cooking life at home has been like leave it to the people who like to bake and I'll make the entrees and that kind of thing I'm, but the no need bread thing somebody showed me once yeah. and then I did it for a while I got like a little cloche like little yeah. clay baker and totally was, other good options was, for baking in yeah was r- really like reasonable results I wouldn't say like I would put it out there at a farmer's market to sell but like yeah. to have warm bread an hour baked out of the oven it was kind of nice this is the nice thing about bread even if it's shitty it's still pretty fucking good yeah uh you know like and you know no mm-hmm. need is not going to have the same development in flavor and texture or crumb or, crumb or, any, crumb of or crust yeah, or any yeah, of that stuff yeah. that some longer fermented breads are gonna have but it's bread and you made it i mean that's what this <laughs> whole thing is and why bread is so pleasing to me is it's like you every t- every day the mystery of this whole process where you're like i don't know how the fuck is this happening <laughs> and it comes out of the oven every day and it's like this is a miraculous yeah, like, yeah. And i'm sure you feel it like it's it's pretty impressive it's pretty insane so like to answer your question i think the best way is to do is to bake like a boule like a sourdough boule in inside a well we can talk about why that is i mean if you bake mm. it inside of a dutch oven or a combo cooker or a cloche or any of those things in order for bread to rise to its maximum potential, it needs to be in a moist environment. Because if Same. It, yeah, exactly. Me too. If, if the crust is not like wet, then you're in a dry heat environment and the crust immediately starts to form in, while it's rising. So you don't get that maximum lift. Okay. If you can keep it moisturized and pliant, 
it'll continue to expand to its maximum possible potential. And you if you time it right, that's when you take the lid off, and then you start developing the crust. So you've, you've, you've mm. kept all of the water inside the loaf that's evaporating, gets trapped inside of this Dutch oven, cloche, combo cooker, mm. and keeps it wet. And then it rises to maximum, maximum potential, remove the lid, you have a dry environment, crust starts forming, then you're done. Yeah. So it's, it's awesome. just like a sous vide and sierra on a steak. Exactly. But I will yeah, say, I, reverse here. I've made, I've been cooking, just home cooking forever, and I've made some long-term cooks, some things that have been kind of like, you know, maybe on a more advanced level. And even just that no-knead bread, which is such like a, a starter recipe, mm. and such a simple thing, that probably has gotten some of the most like impressed looks when I'm like, I made this. Yeah. Like the one that was scored kind of perfectly on top and probably had the crumb as good as you can get a no-need bread and like it was fresh out of the oven. Yeah. People like the look of confusion where they're like, but you made this. Yeah. Because <laughs> it kind of looked a little bit like, you know, a nice French bakery loaf. And I was like, yeah, I made this. Yeah. I mean, I've been doing this. I don't know how either. <laughs> uh, for like two, two and a half years now. I mean, the business has existed yeah. for that long. And even doing it at bulk. Yeah, like doing 750 loaves of bread a day or something like that. It's the same feeling. Yeah. Like it's the same. You it's get that bread's feeling. really impressive to nail. Witchcraft. It's, a, it's crazy. It's, it, it feels. I mean, it feels like that. I mean, you know the science of it. I Magic know what's with happening. a K on the end yeah. of it. It's oh, it's 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 crazy. But is it's, it's good. is is there is there kind of like a a sourdough like magic to it? Isn't that sort of like a bread that a lot of people. There's so many. They like they're drawn yeah. to sourdough and like the the starters and the mothers and like yeah. the sort of odd, three hundred year old mother I mean, powers it, of it. It's an absurd an mistake. Like it's an absurd mistake that anybody knows that this is a possibility mm -hmm. that you can make this product from bugs eating sugars in ground up wheat. Like there's so many processes <laughs> that had to get whoever discovered this whole thing to that point of like mistakes and like random piles of garbage wheat paste that's sitting on the ground for a couple of days. Like, Oh, it looks like it's moving up. Like, Oh, let's try mixing this with this and see right. if that yeah. raises up. And then, Oh, let's put it in the oven and see if that raises up and makes <laughs> something like, it's just totally fucking random. Yeah. And it really is <laughs> that, that, that magic, that mystery that happens every fricking day can, it like makes people, happy and crazy well that goes back to like how i view baking as is more of a science-based product to a, yeah. it has to be in, in general terms very broad general terms but it's yeah. like shoot deer put deer on fire like yeah, yeah that's not Got a it. huge yeah. leap like yeah, yeah. okay okay i get it yeah that makes sense it's but like to yeah. think of how that that first moment that first light bulb going off of how to make more complicated breads with basically like what you said would be Bad smelling wheat trash. Yeah, which is the thing that you're normally averse to. Which is you're the like, thing oh, you're it's like, sour. Oh, I gotta, I gotta, I'll probably die yeah, if I is, eat this, this super rot, sour. Which it literally is. Yeah. I mean, it's it's. Mm -hmm. And there's just so many. I mean, relative to just the term sourdough and all that stuff, the, people are just so confused. I mean, I see it every week at the farmers market. Like everyone remains so deeply confused as to what all of these things mean naturally leaven sourdough uh yeast all of that stuff is the the corporations have done a really good job of like gumming that kind of as they do yeah oh, sure uh, it's amazing and i mean you know people see whole wheat on bread in the supermarket and think they're eating healthy and then mm -hmm. they their nose starts running and they start getting stomach aches and they're like oh it must be i must be gluten intolerant and it's like no you fucking moron the bread <laughs> At supermarkets is filled with bullshit, and just because it says whole wheat, 
It doesn't right. need to be any more than like 12% whole wheat for them to say whole wheat. Mm-hmm. And like, I don't know the literal percentage, but it's very low. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's also filled with like sorghum and like all, all sorts of other weird stuff and preservatives. And if your bread is, if you're buying bread in a bag from a supermarket, it's not bread. Right. Mm-hmm. 90, 90% of the time. Mm-hmm. The stuff that's in the bread aisle, if there's like an artisan bread bakery there, then you're probably buying something. Else. But chances are it also has yeast, which is, and we make breads with yeast. I'm not, I'm not an absolutist in any way. The, our baguette and ciabatta are made with yeast. It's made with a pre-ferment that's called a poulish that's made with commercial yeast, which is traditional. Um, you get a thinner, crisper crust. You get a more open and more consistent fermentation. Uh, but it's going to make you have those, like, you get the tickle in your throat, your nose starts running, your stomach may be weird, you might get, like, that little, like, groggy feeling that you get mm-hmm. when you eat a sandwich from, like, Mario's or Eagle Rock Italian Bakery that we were talking about earlier. Like, mm-hmm. that's okay with me. <laughs> it, doesn't, it doesn't bother me to yeah. sometimes feel like Well, crap that's why to, you have, yeah. have it once a month and not twice yeah, a week. Yeah, this is, that is the key, is, like, are you going to McDonald's every day and wondering, are you feeling like shit? Or are you trying yeah. to be live in moderation like everything has to be balanced if you eat a, a huge freaking steak from you know Musso and Frank's one night are you going to keep running that back or are you going to like right. try and balance your life out and maybe have a, some vegetables and fucking quinoa the next night mm-hmm. like I, I that there's the same thing with bread is like I'm cool with eating a rad sandwich on a on a baguette that's maybe made with yeast and doesn't make me feel good but the baguette is perfect because of it mm-hmm. um, and not like jumping onto the new trend of like, oh, the bread didn't make me feel good. It must be, I must be gluten intolerant. <laughs> it's like, no, no, you're just like, you're just attaching yourself to some explanation that the, I, I, it's just, it's very frustrating. Yeah, I have that same logic with so many, like I'm, I'm the same way with ice cream. Like yeah. ice cream makes a lot of people feel bad when they eat it, especially yeah. lactose intolerant people, but sure. even just regular people, like it, it fucks yeah. you up when you, eat, when you eat a bunch of ice cream. Yeah. Just do it. Rarely. Yeah, don't do it all the time. And when you do it, get it from a good place. Yeah, savor it. Like, enjoy it. It should, it sh- you know, if you're going to eat something that's going to bug you. Don't have gas station ice cream. No, don't. don't have, like, a yeah. real juicy, nice yeah, artisanal like someone one. who gives a shit. And also maybe doesn't, like, have to make the flavor so complicated. <laughs> um, or, that's, a, that's a personal, that's a personal or note. Or chocolate malted crunch from Rite Aid once in a while, too. Let's just sure, sleep sure, on sure, it. sure, sure. Chocolate malted crunch from Rite Aid. The Rite Aid ice cream kind of is is of legend as far as like it's have you you've never had it like Rite no. Aid or different chains. Well, it used it's, to be called Thrifties. Or thrifties. That's thrifties. how I had it. I had it as a kid. It's Thrifties. Okay, but it's like you know CVS chain that has like a little their own ice cream. thing. Yeah, like their own brand no of ice cream. There's like an ice cream thing in there. There's a couple like right close to here in Los Feliz. There's one, hmm. the one on Western and. Yeah, the one on Western and I know Franklin. What you're about. Yeah, so it's like I, I, I'll, it's that kind of brand that's cheap, chemical ridden, disgusting. But like, you'll talk to chefs and be like, "Oh yeah, no, I definitely have to mm, have rated yeah. ice cream once in a while." I mean, in this town, especially, like, uh, there's a little guilty. It's like it's kind of like I'm trying to think of like another equivalent of like something trashy. McDonald's. <laughs> no, no, it's not that uh, trashy. It tastes I, better than McDonald's. I, I feel like psychologically, people need especially in los angeles like or search for ways to define themselves by from like movements or hashtags or like whatever (laughs) bullshit yeah uh and like 
it makes you have to be an absolutist and live by this certain right. these like stupid ass rules yeah. all the time. When in reality, it's like do what makes you feel good, and if it doesn't make you feel good, like don't, don't do it a lot. You, you don't do it a lot, <laughs> but do, if you like it, you should have it. Yeah. And if it makes you fat, go run. Yeah. Like <laughs> like take care of yourself. Like it doesn't. I, I don't understand yeah. why it has to be so complicated or it's so simple as to be like. I'm vegan and I'm going to make everybody feel bad because I'm ve- like, like who doesn't live the way that I live. And it's yeah. like, no, I, I, I'm, I'm, I don't feel, I feel bad when I eat animals, but I still eat them. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. I understand the impact of that, but I still, from time to time, I mean, I eat chicken all the time. I don't eat steak very often, but when I do, I really, really cherish it. Yeah. Like it's, it's important. You like give a shit about what you're putting in your mouth and who died for it. But like, um, Jesus, Jesus died. Do you feel like this trend is happening I feel like it's happening more and more every single day oh, it's like in the world. It's fracturing off into like just new the, little spindles. Just this, this, this theory, this way of thinking about how we're eating and how we're living and having wellness over nutrition mm. like we were talking about a couple weeks ago. Like, yeah. I no. think it's really, everyone kind of keeps preaching this, this newer way of thinking, which I, I'm liking. I, I hope that that's not just in the echo chamber and is actually mm-hmm. getting out into the rest of the world. But I pro- feel like it probably, is. You think? Okay. Yeah, I hope I mean, so. I mean, more people are eating. I think it is. More people are eating our stuff, and I feel like like the majority of people who come to our stand at the Hollywood Farmers Market and are like, you know, I I have gluten problems, and I I you know it's it's sort of upsetting my stomach, and I get like a little drowsy and all this stuff. I was like, well, where are you getting your bread? She's like, oh, I don't really buy bread. I'll get it at like a restaurant or something like that, and it'll make me feel bad. Well, I was like, how do you know where that what that quality right. of that bread is or like whether it's the bread or the thing that's like and they don't really have answers for it i feel like people are just sort of latch onto things because it helps to define who they are instead of do, going inward and figuring that out themselves but i hope that that's mm-hmm. like the the more more of those people when you talk to them about it in like and you explain that way of being most people just are like yeah you're you're right i'll, I'll try the whole wheat loaf and start there and i'll be like I basically just say, try this. If, if there's a very, 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 very little chance it will have, it, unless you're one of that 1% of people who have celiac disease, there's <laughs> almost no chance that this is going to affect your insides. Right. So give it a shot. If it doesn't work, I'll give you your money back next week. I'm, there hasn't been, I, I mean, I'm not saying that there aren't people who would have a reaction to it, but so far there hasn't been anybody who hasn't come back and be like, I'll take another... 100% right. whole wheat loaf. And then if you want to try going a little bit further down the line of like, oh, I'll take a 50% whole wheat loaf, like seeing how that affects you. Maybe you do, or maybe you are sensitive, yeah. but if you work with whole grains, <laughs> then that's a much better chance of it not affecting you. There's no, all of the health-giving properties of, of wheat are in that loaf. So also don't take this bread and make a mayonnaise and bologna sandwich yeah, out of it, it and then with, be like, and be like, know, eh, yeah, I didn't feel good with Hellman's I don't know, and like, Oscar Mayer yeah, yeah, and expect yeah. you to like, yeah. it's like, no, no, no I put a big Mac it. between two slices of your bread and I just yeah. didn't think it was very good. I, I, don't I know. felt kind of I mean, weird. Like, that sounds kind of good. actually. It does yeah. sound pretty good. It actually does sound pretty good. I can't fuck with McDonald's anymore, but like, <laughs> I, I, I don't know. It's my anti-corporate thing more than the taste of the food. I think, um, same brother. Yeah. I, yeah, I don't know. There's, fast food that i love but it's usually yeah i think mcdonald's like i haven't had it in so long maybe it would yeah. be i also don't have any any memory muscle for any of that any mcdonald's like yeah. i think i 
probably like had Burger King instead, and probably like Burger King more. And I think like Wendy's. we didn't have even have McDonald's in my town. I feel like all those, you those fast food places are like kind oh, of yeah. Yeah. you develop like your uh, outside of like In and Out yeah. or like the kind of higher quality or Shake Shack. Yeah, yeah, like all like the the bottom tier kind of ones. It's to me, it's like it's what you ate as a kid. What tastes better because they're all kind of in the same swimming yeah, pool. Yeah, it's, yeah. McDonald's is ingrained into your nostalgia DNA of, the, of most people in the world. Right. Yeah, I, sure. I mean, yeah. Thank God it we were vegan straight edge and we broke away. You know? I just watched that uh, the founder two nights ago. Uh-huh. Um, mm-hmm. Michael Keaton. Yeah, I didn't think it was the best movie in the world, but the story was. Sure. I, I thought it, it was the best movie I've ever seen in my life. Well, <laughs> we differ there. <laughs> I'm just uh, no, I, I thought Michael Keaton was was, was decent. Great. Michael great Keaton's yeah, always he's, the movie. Yeah, totally the, the like optimal plane movie. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, where you're like, I'm entertained this whole time. I'm not moved. There's the founder. Stuff. Yeah. Good enough. Yeah, good enough to tell this horrible story about a horrible person. <laughs> I didn't that see That might it. be why, because it's like not a likable person that you're watching the whole time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I didn't see it, but isn't the crux that he kind of got ousted out of McDonald's but managed to maintain like the real estate? No. And that's how they made money was like he kept no, the real estate and lost the McDonald's? He got it all. Oh, you got Basically, it all. he okay. just stole the stole, – he f- begged these two brothers in San Bernardino who founded McDonald's to franchise their restaurant. Yeah. And then – put up like 160 franchises in like three years and then basically was like i'm just gonna break the contract that we set up and you can try and sue me but i have so much fuck you money that mm-hmm. there's nothing you can, i'll just bankrupt you in in courts yeah. so he paid them off each for a million and a half dollars did a handshake deal that he would pay off one percent one percent of the residuals to them forever and then never paid them uh. <laughs> and then and then told them they couldn't use the mcdonald's name their last name right their restaurant in san bernardino put a mcdonald's in san bernardino and put them out of business <laughs> oh my god that's Huge so dark bag. that's Huge so dark I no but are you surprised you know it's no like, not at all yeah, like, i always thought that the, the, there was some deal with like somebody got screwed out of whatever you just told me that's not the case but it was like <laughs> something about being screwed out of like the franchise licensing but somehow kept real estate and that's how it worked out but never mind he that's I why he won that. because he started buying up the land that the mcdonald's maybe was that, on, okay and maybe that's that. how he started making like yeah. stupid money um but what a shit bag yeah so if you guys know michael keaton just tell him he's a dick for doing all <laughs> yeah. that no i mean i think that the the movie goes right at him like yeah was i was like, i was just listening to speaking of other podcasts the batman podcast revision for into yeah the, i was gonna say the revisionist history yeah. the malcolm gladwell podcast he has he just did an episode about mcdonald's french fries mm-hmm. and, and the whole saturated fat the war against saturated fats going on in the 80s which where they had a huge mistake which ended up being yeah. a huge mistake and yeah. they had to abandoned cooking their fries and beef tallow which we all know is the best tasting french fry you could ever Hyper have delicious by far and then switch to like a hydrogenated vegetable oil 10 times worse yeah but we didn't know i mean you know in the sure. 80s my you know my mom was like we're gonna have margarine instead of butter and, totally. and you're like okay that's what everyone agrees is the best thing but then we all know that's, but it's interesting that's not. it's interesting how science has become misconstrued from a nutritional standpoint basically from like the beginning of science being injected into food like in modern times in the last like four or five generations because basically you were eating meat dairy 
produce locally mm-hmm. or and then slowly shift them out. Yeah. yeah, like no. there was no no like getting tomatoes out of season. Yeah. You didn't have tomatoes until summer came. Like that's just the deal. Until cash Yeah, came. the thought but of you, getting a tomato flown in from Chile sounded right. insane. Yeah. But also you talk about the war against saturated fats. The war against sugar is one of the worst things that's ever happened in the country too. Yeah. And the idea of diet health foods is one of the worst things that's ever happened I in the country too the as far as like the rise of processed foods. Yeah, mm-hmm. I mean I think this is what we were just talking about. It's people are so... Uh, thirsty for something to define themselves by, and and if you can, or just something to tell them that they're living uh, like the right life, or like that right. their life is okay mm-hmm. and they're, they're <laughs> doing the right thing. To me, it's twofold, and it's it's very much equal parts what you're saying. Yeah, but it's also the idea of big corporations telling people what they want to hear. Oh, no So doubt. if you want to eat ice cream every night, yeah. eat diet ice cream every night, right. and it's healthy and it's fine, and oh, someone man. who wants to believe it so much is like, oh, shit, I can eat this ice cream all the time? Yeah. Okay, I'm just going to do that. Or the idea of like, <laughs> no, you don't have to exercise. Yeah. Just eat these high-processed foods that are low in sugar or whatever it is. Like, Whenever you subscribe to some corporate marketing campaign mm. to live a lifestyle that you've been told by thousands and millions of years of like life on Earth no. that it's okay to do that now through science, mm. you mm-hmm. know, it's not. <laughs> you need to eat a vegetable and a protein and you yeah. need to walk. Like, yeah, or just, run or exercise or, or something. Take care of yourself. Yeah, be, or, be, uh, be use your brain. Don't let people tell you what to do because chances are, if they're telling you what to do, they're manipulating you to make money. Period. Mm-hmm. Well, think about it. We're also transitioning into such a sedentary lifestyle. It's like yeah. how many people sit at a desk for work yeah. now compared to fifty years ago, oh, as yeah. opposed to like being on a manufacturing line and actually just moving around. At for least the day. they have jobs now. Something. They won't have that very soon. Or hunting yeah. and gathering. Or yeah. hunting and gathering. Yeah, or hustling to you know provide for your for your family out in the woods. It's like the idea of those mm-hmm. blue zones where it's like the, the healthiest regions in the world are, oh, yeah. are often defined by the people that have the least sedentary lifestyles. Exactly. Sometimes and, by geography or topography yeah. or like, yeah. you know, it's, it's, uh, it's crazy. I think that, um, I forgot what I was going to say. So if you're listening to this podcast right now, you better be hiking. Yeah, you, you should, <laughs> your headphones should be in your ear and you should be moving. Yeah, you should not. If you're, if you're sitting down right now, stand up. If yeah. you're playing video games... Keep doing that, but then exercise later because video games are sick. Yeah, you got to balance, balance it out. Mm-hmm. I, I, I um, had 10 years in advertising before this bread thing. This is what bread is like a reaction, uh, reactionary uh, <laughs> step for me from my former life. And just like talking about this gets starts making my chest tighten from just <laughs> thoughts of 10 years of uh, trying to be unconscious while man- manipulating people, basically. Sure, yeah, yeah. And it is, it is that. I know some of the best people that I know in my life work in advertising. So they, they know, and if you can't be a good person who works in advertising and not know this. It, like, there are plenty of great people who do this and have kids and provide for them and, you know, do their best to be honest. And it's really difficult because even if you're just selling a Prius, which is what I did for a while, or like a Toyota car, like, you're, you're selling a cheaper version of the car they made last year on the same chassis with like some more doodads and bullshit and tr- trying to appeal to people's emotions to convince yeah. them that they are emotionally connected to this piece of metal and plastic. And, you know, it's just like <laughs> so gross. And it's the same, it's the same thing in food. It's it, people don't people stuff down. And I know this because I did it and it made me sick. Like, stuff down the, the truth for a really long period of time and know what they know, but don't allow themselves to, to 
act on it or yeah. have it truly affect you enough. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like these food, these you know, gigantic food producers are know what they're doing. Mm-hmm. They know what they're doing, but they know that they want money. So it just and they're the wheels are turning and they can't get out and they just keep going and they're just part of this little closed system that um, keeps going and keeps growing. So how happy were you when you? Realize that you don't have to go back and sell pre-eye anymore, <laughs> oh, and you man. can just make a goddamn focaccia. That's funny that you said pre-eye because, like, one of the campaigns I worked on was like determining that when they were releasing multiple Priuses, like multiple different mm-hmm. models, yeah. they, there was a campaign that we did to determine what people would call the car. It was like Prium Prius Priuses right. pre-eye. Is it, is it Greek? Yeah, and they voted. They, like people would vote on it. I, it makes me sick to even talk about. It. But uh, I mean, it, the, the fact that we're like about to sign a lease on a new space and grow and like like I, this whole thing is absurd to me every day. This whole the fact that I'm talking to you guys about bread is absurd to me right now. Sure, I agree. It's absurd uh, yeah. how good your bread is. God damn it! Where did where where the name Bub and Grandmas come from? Those are my two grandmas. One's, it was gonna it was gonna be Bubs, but there's a Bubs in San Diego, so we we uh, we made San it Diego to, doesn't count. Hell no, yeah. for the whole country. They don't have bread this good down there. Shout uh, out to all of our listeners in San Diego. There's some good we bread down there. And, uh, no, there is. There's some good pizza too. Yeah, there is. Um, you know, Tribute. Prager Brothers, and then my, my friend Crystal, who comes from Tartine, is about to open a new some bread bomb maker down carne there, asada Wayf- down there, too, bro. Bread. There's some shout-out to Wayfair Breaks bread. down there, too. Good San place Diego. to throw a frisbee. Yeah, yeah, a lot of green space. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> it's, a, it's a very, uh, you know, modern town. What do you think the... Uh, there's, there's a lot of people that say whole, digesting whole grain is not that easy for humans. That I've, I, yeah. I mean, I mean say, it, saying that whole grains can be harder to digest than non-whole. Then, yeah, I mean, I, I. What do you say to that? Don't think that that's true. I don't uh, think it's true either. Um, I mean, I'm not a food scientist. Uh, I've read things in both directions. In my experience with people who have had, who who think that they have gluten sensitivity or do actually have gluten sensitivity, the loaves that that give them the least problem are whole grain loaves it's the ha, contains all of the healthiest parts of the wheat berry it doesn't con- it's you know uh, just flour water and salt and there's i just feel like there's very little chance that that could affect people and my I, i'm not saying that that's not that that that's the truth that's just only my experience so mm-hmm. that's all that i have to go on uh, other than you know real science but unfortunately even though there is more there's still not that much real science there's a lot of speculation. There's a lot of articles. There's a lot of you know bullshit. Um, yeah. But uh, that's my experience. When I, when people come to me with problems with their stomachs from bread, that's where we start. Mm-hmm. Um, and if it works out, then we can go back towards. And we don't do much in the realm of white bread, um, which I think is another reason why things are working for us is because <laughs> we use a higher percentage of whole grains. Makes the bread last longer. Makes it taste more distinctive. Um, it's just a, a a differentiating factor for us, and it's freshly milled from Nan at Griston Toll, which is another defining factor for us. Oh yeah, I was going to ask. You yeah. use Griston Toll exclusively for our whole grains, yeah. So we're doing using like a thousand pounds of of that flour a week. Um, wow. And I just went yeah. into their spot a couple of weeks ago and bought some flour and saw the, the mill and everything. Yeah, I mean, she's. Um, th- this is definitely something that I wanted to touch on in talking to you guys and just sort mm-hmm. of rep Nan because she reps us so hard. The I find it so incredibly absurd that in this town where we have all of these kind of upstart bakeries, bread bakeries specifically, coming up, that 
they don't use her flour, which um, is we are so lucky. Those grain mills don't exist in very many places in the world. It's mm-hmm. obviously an old business. And it's something that has been taken over very easily by big farm. You know, like uh, there's a lot of larger mills that exist. But as far as someone who goes out and meets the farmers and finds the best product and knows and has the knowledge to know when a grain is good, the protein levels, ash content, all the different things that go into making a quality grain, uh, there's someone who knows about all that stuff right now in this town Mm -hmm. and is not getting the respect that she deserves. I find it absurd that people are, a lot of the other bread bakeries in town who will remain unnamed while I shit on them, uh, (laughs) like the fact that they're going to, to work with these farms um, who don't know anything about growing grain or, or cleaning grain or storing grain or shipping grain or doing any of the things that can lead to it being filled with bugs or uh, not growing in the way that it's supposed to or not knowing mm-hmm. how to mill it are now buying all these tabletop mills and milling it themselves and posting it on Instagram and it looks like they're like, oh, they're using lots of freshly milled whole grains. It's like, no, they're using like five pounds of freshly milled whole grains from a farm that didn't know how to grow grains in the first place. <laughs> so yeah, it does. It pisses me off a lot because, and I try every time we post something on Instagram or talk to people about it, that we rep Nan hard because she is uh, the, the perfect type of liaison between the farmer and the baker. You need to have that, that bridge. Mm-hmm. If you don't have that bridge, the farmer who probably doesn't know that much unless they're an experienced grain grower, know that much about growing wheat and what it takes to do that and what you need out of a, a, a grain cleaner, which is like a whole other process that's part of it, or how to store it properly. Like the fact that farmers just assume that they do know that and will sell it to restaurants directly is just kind of crazy to me and is mm-hmm. another symptom of like money and Instagram and like all of these things of like outward appearances <laughs> and, and all that stuff, which just doesn't, it doesn't make any sense. So props to Nan. She's the best. I agree. And, and it's also not really that much more expensive. No, it's cheaper. It's cheaper. <laughs> it's like cheaper. I'll go there and I'll get a big ass bag yeah. of whole wheat flour and it'll be like seven or eight bucks. Yeah. And I'll, 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 I'll use it all month yeah. and I'll, I'll use it yeah. often. Wholesale wise, She's so if you're going to go and buy a $600 tabletop grain mill at a restaurant and mill your own wheat berries, that's super cool. I mean, we're, we're going to do that too. It makes a lot of sense and it's awesome. Mm-hmm. But you don't know anything about <laughs> wheat berries or milling properly or how that the different uh, you know levels at which you're milling something affect the final product. Mm-hmm. How you can control that, uh, what to look. It's for. like when you when you buy the the pasta. Pasta machine roller at Sur La Table, and you're like, oh, I'm going to start making fresh pasta. Yeah. You're like, you're okay, like, cool. It's only going to take 10 years I, I to master yeah, how to yeah, make yeah. fresh pasta perfectly. Yeah, I mean, like, uh, you know. Or I bought a sushi knife, so I'm going to start. I'm the I got, guy now. I got I gotta sushi. Go, I got to go buy the good sushi. <laughs> <laughs> no. uh, yeah, it's just um, ignoring the, the expert that we're so incredibly lucky to have in this town so that mm-hmm. you can look good on Instagram uh, makes me livid <laughs> sure I, I couldn't agree more i mean there's i think we're more and more just we we take all our information from a single image and it's so heavily 100%. manipulated yeah. um to look exactly the way we want it to maybe not even that the way we hope others you know it doesn't even, even have to do with sure. ourselves anymore yeah. it's just like about all external and it's, what do we want other people to think about what we're doing yeah exactly and I want other people and to think do that, that because of that not mm-hmm. because of what I want to do. I'm going to do. I'm going to be a lifestyle Instagram 
personality because I know that like I'm I'm a like an attractive person or like I'm like I like <laughs> I'm not saying me I'm saying others mm-hmm. I'm like very I'm handsome just, guy. Thank, thanks mm-hmm. so much. Uh, You're I, a micro food fluencer too. Don't worry, baby. Oh man, it's good to be out there. Uh, <laughs> no, I, <laughs> uh, that stuff really makes me grossed out. <laughs> you didn't earn anything, and I will not do a photo shoot with you. Uh, um, I mean, I feel no. like also you know the the term artisan has been so co opted in a way oh, totally. that also. I mean, what you're talking about is someone who's devoted their whole life to the grains and milling process, but also, I mean, that sometimes that's a separate life journey as opposed to, you know, you respect them for their knowledge and their years of experience, but you don't have to co-op that in your own restaurant and do that in-house because your job is to do something else, whether whether it's bake or if you're talking about a restaurant, work on your dishes, but, like, leave some of those... Like, there's this idea that somehow... A great restaurant or a great business has to do all those things themselves, yeah. as opposed to you especially can't, now. You can't yeah. in a single lifetime, Renaissance man, yeah. forty years of every aspect of your restaurant overnight and yeah. be like, I've got this. And it's really, it's not easy, but it costs you know probably costs a couple bucks. But it's it's pretty easy to um, make it look like you're that person. Oh, so yeah, yeah. very and you can easy. Still Make it look like you're that person, and also probably make a pretty good product. Like, sure, you know, I'm not discounting the other bread bakers in town. They make pretty good products, and I also don't discount the other bread bakers in town because I know how fucking hard this job is, and I know that they're, you know, doing that too. Yeah, mm-hmm. but um, I just think that there's injustice in not recognizing how lucky we are to have that special, nationally notable. Artisan, for lack of a better word. No, but, I, no, but, it, it, but it's yeah. the appropriate use of the yeah, word. Yeah, yeah. Someone is the who point. actually dedicated their life to one thing. It's not a restaurant. It's it's a thing. It's one process. And, and you don't have to go to yeah. Idaho to get it. Yeah, it's, it's I, just in a random building in Pasadena. Yeah, a tiny little weird building in Pasadena. But yeah, I mean, what you were saying about you know being aware that uh, that place, places are not doing everything and they're smart enough to source out other things like like kismet for example mm-hmm. people will be like oh do you like kismet and i'm like love the bread and they're like oh, yeah i love the bread too <laughs> and i'm like do you know why cuz they don't make it <laughs> <laughs> i know I, who makes it uh, and that's why it's so good oh well, thanks we <laughs> we make an extra sheet of that stuff every day so the bakers can eat it cuz it's so fucking good i love that stuff that's yeah, probably so my favorite thing that we make. That's what I, uh, uh, yeah, like yeah. that type of Middle Eastern bread, Barbary, yeah. Sangak. I feel like yeah, that. Sangak, I would love to do. This stuff is amazing. Yeah, Sangak. It's a different whole it's, other. It's probably world. my favorite bread. Yeah, it's when you get a good one. There's lots of, there's not lots, but there's a couple, you know, spots in town. It's also, it's like wild to see how cheap that stuff is too when oh, you yeah. go into. Like, you know, there's like, it seems like it's the same thing. There's a lot of purveyors of that in all the different Armenian and Persian grocery yeah. stores. And then there's like a couple that you're like, I've never seen that brand. And that's like always the better brand. Yeah. Or it's like coming out of like in paper out of a kitchen. Yeah. And like, in the few that are actually baking it fresh here. Like it's, I love the fact that, and this is, I'm not saying that we're doing this because we're not. I mean, it's just like it, the, the bakers are still the cultural center, even in these built out, you mm-hmm. know, you know, uh, Absolutely. cities that we're in, which is so awesome to see that there is a culture uh, that's what's nice about Los Angeles is those cultures are preserved in in various I mean they're separate in this town but they're pre- <laughs> they're preserved and the sort of hub of a bread bakery in the middle of it exists for a lot of different cultures in mm-hmm. this town which is which is a really cool feeling as a bread baker and that I feel like 
us and all of the other kind of higher level bread bakeries, I don't want to say higher level, the newer kind of modern bread bakeries that are springing up around town are creating, are, are like re-engineering that as like bread baker, bread is becoming, a, a, it feels like uh, a staple for people again where they can dive back into it and make it a part of their weekly purchase and um, go through it in that way as opposed to like, well, I got to go to the supermarket. I'll grab this bag piece of garbage and, and <laughs> yeah, but uh, yeah, every deal with it. Every yeah. <laughs> I, I I feel like I I've been eating very healthy and yeah. I've 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 been you know a nutritious and exercising and better than in my entire life than, yeah. than I am right now. And I buy and yeah. I buy a loaf of bread every Sunday. Yeah. I mean, and I, I eat it every day. Yeah, I, that's I. I, I mean, go, to, but I go to the farmer's market. I buy a loaf. I <laughs> cut it into slices yeah. and I put it instantly in a Ziploc bag and in put the, it in the freezer. In the freezer. That's what we do. Yeah, and then just eat it all week. Yeah, I mean, every day. We, we, my girlfriend and I consume a lot of bread. <laughs> I mean, we're we're both what I would say pretty healthy people. We exercise three or four times a yeah, week. Yeah, you're like, six three, you go about buck fifty soaking wet, looks like. One one sixty five. Come on now. <laughs> <laughs> I used to I, before the bread bakery happened I did CrossFit and I weighed like one ninety. No shit. And Ugh. and as soon as the bread bread baker wow, bread bakery started and I like lost my life basically, which yeah. is not not basically literally. Uh <laughs> I left the gym and, and like like 40 pounds just like washed off of me in like maybe six months. It was crazy. While, while simultaneously, simultaneously scarfing bread down. Scarfing every day. tons of bread. Scarfing yeah. tons but I mean, of bread I, down. I was running. So I mean, okay. I, I tried to run three or four times a week. And now I partially tore my Achilles. So I have to ride the bike, which sucks. Uh, you miss the CrossFit? I, I miss it. Yeah, I miss elements of it. Yeah. I miss isn't like. It, isn't it cr- it's just so <laughs> dangerous on your body. Is that you? No, no, no. Oh, I, I, I mean, I, I always the so he was kind of teasing me a few nights ago. We were having dinner, and I was just saying like how I define all my exercises by how less likely I am to be injured at my yeah, age because yeah, I just sure. don't like like when I, the stuff I did when I was young. I'm like, yeah, I'll jump off of a rock mm. like up there, like <laughs> like yeah, it's definitely like, ah, the risk reward here at a, yeah. <laughs> yeah, 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 going no. up and like jumping off of like ninety foot rocks up like near Tahoe yeah. and stuff, like no problem. Now I'm just like. If I can't exercise for six weeks at my age, this is gonna suck. Yeah, like and yeah, it's. I mean, it's so really CrossFit. Yeah. Like I'm just like, no, I'm just gonna do mild workouts and not be pushing tires across a freeway. The the <laughs> being like a string bean is is a residual effect of exercise. The exercise is more for my brain than it is for my body. Because like as I'm a, the same way as an anxious person. Like I just a a it helps me. It cools me out. And b um, I accomplished something that was hard. Mm-hmm. Whenever I do it, I'm like, I don't want to fucking do this shit. Mm-hmm. I don't. I don't want to. Like, I yeah. don't. I want to play basketball. I have the. I have the want to play basketball, but I don't. I never have the desire to run. I have the desire to be done running. Yeah, mm-hmm. you know what I mean. Like that's the and and it's that's and you love yeah. the feeling of being done running. I succeeded. I did mm-hmm. that right. thing I didn't want to do, and I pushed it really hard. And I, I, when my body told me and my brain was screaming at me to stop, and you're going to fail, and you're not going to make it. I was like, fuck you, I am mm-hmm. going to do it. And, like, I mean, that, that was the way it was with the first year of the bread bakery. It's mm-hmm. like seven days a week, yep. no stopping, ever. Mm-hmm. There were no days off, and it was just me. No one else, no one could bail me out. Uh, I was a dead person, uh, <laughs> uh, you know. And then eventually I, you know, did hire people who helped bail me out at first, like, a couple days a week. And now now I just, I'm just baking on, on Sundays and, well, I have to bake the next four days, but um, it's um, crazy. But the, the fa- exercise not only 
allows me to eat the kinds of things that I want within reason. I'm not a glutton, but uh, it, it helps my my brain. It helps my brain, like, helps me back off of the kind of negative thoughts that my brain kind of gets in there all the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, no, better, no better thing for a high-anxiety mind than some intense exercise. I, I 100% agree. 100% agree. It's essential. I wouldn't be able to... Uh, I would not have gotten through this la- these last two years without regularly exercising. N- not a chance. Mm-hmm. I would not have m- been this far in the business without it. That and and my girlfriend. Those two things. <laughs> Good call. Good Shout call out to my girlfriend. Just covering that, just covering that off. Checking that box. Shout out to my girlfriend and my wife. CrossFit. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy. I, I, the CrossFit thing. Like, there's a lot of dumb stuff that's part of it. I just liked the you think so intense yeah I mean just kidding it's it's like trendy stupid stuff but I'm, the gym that I went to was pretty pretty chilled out you could say that about just about everything that's great in life it's true I mean there will always be people who co-opt a good idea and make it stupid hey I like almond milk there's a lot of dumbass almond milk out there oh yeah I like almond milk too <laughs> making your own almond I used to I don't do it anymore but I used to make my own almond milk all the time and it was super easy and really good. Yeah. You were well. Speaking of non-bread foods, you said yes. you non-bread you, non-breads. You, yeah. you you wanted to get into food originally, yeah. because of sandwiches. Yes, hundred percent. And growing up in Jersey, that's a big sandwich zone. It is, and I I uh, I grew up like about thirty-five minutes outside New York City, and was always obsessed with New York because I grew up outside of it, and that's what New Jersey does. Yep, uh, checks out. This all checks out. <laughs> uh huh. Uh, so that's like me growing up in Orange County next to LA. Yeah, I mean, it's, like, yeah. I want to not be here. Yeah, can I get out of here, please? Mm-hmm. Thank God, there's a train walking distance from my house into the city. As soon as my friends and I, who all lived like congregated around this, like you know shack train station uh were able to be allowed to go into the city that's mm-hmm. was like where everything when opened a boy up. became a man that's 100 percent. i mean literally and figuratively uh, <laughs> <laughs> but uh yeah I, I the new york and living in new york i went to college in maine and then i moved to new york um uh was just like food paradise and I, it still is it's i everybody's getting all up on la being this mm-hmm. i i think la has the potential to be the best food city in the country. And I think as far as like, um, you know, so you think New York's still number one? Definitely. Mm, I like that. Definitely. Uh, and I haven't even been there in the last six months and I still, I mean, I just like, <laughs> I, I think there's a, a lot of like promise in this town as far as like, um, San Gabriel Valley and Mexican food and regional central and South American food Koreatown. And, and Koreatown, like, they blow New York out of the water. But as far as like new restaurants or like even what? I think it's a fair case for that. Yeah. What you're saying. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, we are given a great gift to be able to eat at all of those amazing institutions. But um, there, there are very few good sandwich shops. There are very few good diners. There are very yeah. few good um, yeah. pizza places. Um, mm-hmm. So trash food is what you're talking about. No, I'm kidding. I would I'm call so it, kidding. I'm so kidding. No, so I mean, kidding. I think... I think that uh, <clears throat> well walk me yeah. th- walk me through an ideal Andy sandwich and don't skimp on any details. Oh, I mean, there's so down many. to the last crack of pepper, the last schmear. I th- I think that that the and sandwiches talk, that are missing slow. in this town. Go slow, Andrew. Okay, um, I'll try and slow down. It's hard for me. Uh, I think that the sandwiches that are missing in this town are classic sandwiches done well. So. Um, I, I don't think that when we do o- eventually open our sandwich shop that it will, be, and we will open a sandwich shop, that it will be um, only 
um, a standard Italian BLT uh, uh, roast turkey sandwich. Like there, those things will be there, but there will also be some more innovative stuff too. But I think you've got a fennel pollen and brie. Yeah, I mean, obviously that's a, a new standard, but I, like I, I feel like people are so bent on on like making a statement and being different and like using all of these great ingredients that we're so uh, blessed to have available to us in this city. Yeah. Um, Ignoring that we really want those yeah, where's tried the, and true where's standards. Where's the bacon, egg, and cheese, man? Where's mm-hmm. where's the... On a roll. Yeah, on a, on a real, non-stale, non-brioche roll. Um, yeah, mm-hmm. like, that's the first thing I do when I go back to New York, whatever time it is, I'll just go to a fucking random bodega and get a egg and cheese. It's usually, mm-hmm. like, <clears throat> most people that I know that have spent a lot of time in New York, I would say, like, the majority when you ask them what you miss the most is, like, a bodega, yeah. egg and cheese on it's a roll. Not, it's not even, like, I, I don't know. So uh, I know that you already told me that my, que- my question that's coming at the end of the, of the, the episode here, but I went to the, um, for the first time, went to the uh, Police Academy Diner this morning. Have you guys been there? Was that up by Dodger Stadium? Yeah. Did you know that there's a diner in the police academy? No. no. Uh, there's a diner in the police academy. <laughs> and it's open to the public, obviously, because you went. awesome. It's no, awesome. Kidding. I highly recommend it. We, we went this really? morning and just kind of were like, we'd been planning and going a couple times. It's not open on the weekends, so that's kind of a, a weird thing. But mm-hmm. um, it's like a really rad old L.A. diner in... Un, like kind of unmarked in the middle of the police academy building. I kind of had to ask like four different people as we were trying to make our way to find it, sure. where to go. But it's um, you have to do a clean sleep of the car before you went in there. Dump the, uh, yeah, out I of mean, the ashtray. Like, there were, make sure there's nothing forgotten in the glove box. <laughs> just go. Just it's strip weird that thing being down. <laughs> surrounded by cops anywhere. But uh, yeah. it was like fucking <laughs> empty this morning. And we uh-huh. just, I just got. I mean, maybe this is a window into the types of sandwich. I just got scrambled eggs, bacon, potatoes, and rye toast. That's like what I want. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I don't want like, I don't even want, uh, you know, you don't want a rain, don't uh, even... rain, uh, a watermelon radish. No, I don't. I don't want to, <laughs> definitely don't want a fucking watermelon radish. Uh, <laughs> I just, I, I'm a simple man. I love <laughs> diners. The summit diner and summit, New Jersey was an important diner for me. Mm-hmm. A train car diner. I feel like if, at some point in the future, I was ever able to fi- financially able to like bring in a train car and set it up here and build a fucking diner for real from scratch. Mm. That is what I want. Like yeah. <laughs> I won't eat that every day, but it's the thing that brings me the most pe- pleasure because it feels authentic. Uh-huh. Yeah. It feels like real. It feels like a real thing, not some fabricated bullshit concept like that needed a PDF to like explain where it's coming from and you know a list of all your farmers and a you know make sure you tell everybody it's gluten-free and organic and vegan and whatever and like tell everybody all of these boxes that you need to check. It's like mm-hmm. I don't give I, I give a fuck about all that stuff, but I don't need to tell you about it. I just right. want like to feel comfortable in a place that's run by people who give a shit about it, who uh, are enjoying themselves. Um, they mm-hmm. might be like, I mean, I don't know why I said enjoying themselves because every diner waitress or waiter that <laughs> like wants to fucking kill whoever they're serving. But but, but it's a certain energy. At the same time. It's a certain yeah. energy that you can recognize. Earnestness. Yeah yeah yeah. Yeah earnestness. Just like, by visiting a place one time, you're like, oh, this is. I get it. Above or below the level. Yeah. And you know what? The food is not like the whole thing. It, it, the food was fine this morning. It was just scrambled mm-hmm. eggs and pota- the potatoes were actually exceptional. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, but, you know, it's the crappy whole rye toast and, like, 
but the mm-hmm. whole thing was there, and I felt great eating it. I maybe didn't feel that great after eating it, but like I, <laughs> I enjoyed the experience top to bottom. It was great. And Probably was, more fun than going to Winsome. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yeah. You guys got Winsome problems? No. no, I just love talking shit on restaurants for no uh, no real reason. I, I'm not. I'm fine with it. I, it would yeah. never be a restaurant of mine. Um, but I I think that for whatever they were doing, whoever designed that restaurant did a fucking awesome job. Very cute. Yeah, it's Very really cute. nicely done, and the food is is fine. It's all right. <laughs> um, um, sang, sangak, Have you, would you ever make sangak? I'd love to. I mean, I can't. This is the thing about Barbary is like. I can't. Well, could you explain what this is? What we'll we'll, we'll is? talk about this, f- and then we'll we'll close up with the best thing that we had all week. But, okay. But yeah, what so, is Barbary so, bread? so Barbary is a it's like a, a mer- per- Persian bread. A Persian or, bread. I think it's Iranian by birth, mm-hmm. uh, and it's a uh, typically a, a, a white flour that is made into uh, long surfboard like sheets, and it's made with ridges. So the, it's just a textural thing. I don't. I don't know where. So you just use your is. fingertips yeah. and make Usually little. Usually, either oil your fingers or use water to put indentations that run the length of this surfboard shape, uh, sort of piece of. Like bread. if you were planting some farm crops, exactly. is what it would look like. That's a that's a good way to describe it. Um, uh, and then on top of that, you uh, use uh, nigella seeds and sesame seeds. That uh, we toast our sesame seeds. What's ahead a of time nigella table. seed exactly? Uh, there's. 14 different names for an jealousy. There's black cumin. Some people call it, our supplier calls it black cumin seed. Mm. Uh, black onion seed is also a name for it. Um, it's got this mm. really kind of bitter, deep, strange, unplaceable flavor that most, that I haven't gotten from anything else. Um, and it's really awesome. Mm-hmm. And we will be using it in other things just because it's so such a cool, distinctive flavor that would be really good on a bagel. Not that we have plans to make bagels, but I can see it being like a really awesome Yeah, bagel that sounds thing. like a very good... Yeah, if you're yeah. listening, don't steal that. Yeah. 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 Bells, and, Bells and uh, Maury's, if you're listening, <laughs> we want a um, Nigella bagel. Um, but yeah, that's, that's so, uh, the Barbary experience. Nigella, sesame seeds, yep. and then... And then a little bit of, uh, we use uh, uh, Lebanese olive oil. Actually, that we use the same supplier that Kismet uses for all of their olive oil just to keep things consistent. Mm-hmm. And that's the olive oil that we use in all of our other stuff, too. So it's a, it's a Lebanese product. So olive oil drizzled all over, brushed, yep. brushed on, and then seeded? And then, and then seeded, yep. And then it, uh, we're, we're baking them in a convection oven right now, but when we move, we'll, we'll end up baking them in a, um, whatchamacallit, in our uh, deck oven, steam ejection. Is there oven. anything about it that makes it unique compared to... Something else other than the seeds? Oh, our well, like everything that we do, there's a higher percentage of whole grain. So our our Barbary um, is thirty percent whole grain. It's fifteen percent spelt and then fifteen percent hard red wheat. Um, mm. Gives it like a little nuttier kind of twist. It's mm-hmm. also naturally leavened, which um, so it's sourdough, which uh, traditionally is not the way it goes. It's usually a yeasted bread. Mm-hmm. Um, so that gives it a staying power, um, a nice, more kind of robust texture inside, a little bit more of a structure to it mm-hmm. um and then yeah it's a long ferment we bulk retard it overnight in the um walk-in and then shape it in the morning and then it proofs out and then we bake it and then it goes to kismet yeah amazing what's the longest you go on a on a proof um the longest we go is you well standard is 16 to 20 and then uh depending on how quickly we can get things out and baked because um, we're really baking straight for like six hours or seven hours every day um but um, 
the longest we proof is usually like Thanksgiving or Christmas, where we, if we take a day off, it sucks in bakery life. If you take a day off, you still have to do the stuff day before for the next day. So you, you're just not baking <laughs> that day, but you still have to work. So we'll make the bread like two days prior and then, and then proof it for, for two days. Mm-hmm. So that's a 36-hour-ish proof. And you just end up with like a little bit more sour flavor and maybe a little more open crumb. And if you go too far, the, you, you lose the bread. Yeah, what happens when you go too far? Pancake. Uh, oh, okay. you, lose, you, you end up like when you're scoring it, when it's on the loader, you put the razor blade and start slicing and it just... Collapses on oh, okay. You know, because there's too much crumb. There's not enough structure. Basically, like it if falls it, on itself. If you think about it, yeah. Basically, if you think about the process of bread making as uh, building a scaffold inside, as you do the folds and as it bulks, uh, as it bulk ferments, you're kind of engineering this sort of bubble scaffold inside, where all of these bubbles that are forming from when the bacteria and yeast are farting when they eat the sugars from the wheat, they get trapped inside this this sort of structure that you're building. If you go too far, if you ferment it too far those bubbles start combining and they start forming like right. bigger, bigger. Sometimes sure. you're like, if you're, I bet you can see it in a no need sometimes where you get like one big bubble and you're like, what the hell is this thing? Yep. Mm-hmm. That's, you went too far, it fermented too fast. So it, it like all combines. If you go even further than that, all the mayo squirts out that hole. It just pff, comes mm-hmm. out the bottom. Yeah. So if you go too far and when you cut it with a razor blade, the bubble basically deflates and so does the loaf. And then it'll bounce back a little bit in the oven, but you're basically dealing with no ear, mm-hmm. no ear from the scoring, and and a little bit of uh, of uh, embarrassing loaf that we try not to send out. What's the? <clears throat> what would you say? I mean, not even what would you say, but no. the the difference between like sourdough and a yeasted bread, mm-hmm. and what are the differences you get from those two? Um, to define it, since we've talked about it so much, and I'm I would I'm need a little clarification too, yeah, to I a mean, degree. I mean, there's a variety of things. Um, Depth of flavor is the big one. And that's the sourdough That's sourdough and and also uh, long ferment. Long ferment and sourdough give you, uh, and just for everybody who doesn't know, sourdough and naturally leavened are the same thing. Sourdough is not a flavor of bread. It's a process of making bread. Um, So sourdough gives you uh, a little bit more of a developed crust, um, which is nice to a certain point. You don't want to go too far. Um, yeast gives you a nice thin, crisp, light crust and an open, airy center. It'll fr- it'll give you a more um, fluffy kind of airy sourdough. Yeah, well. sour. Oh uh, no, Un- yeasted well. Yeasted well. Yeah. So that's why we use it for for our sort of. They're not white, but our, I'm using air quotes right now. Whiter breads like ciabatta and baguette, because we want I want that crust that doesn't rip your palate apart if you're eating a sandwich on our on our baguette which it may do anyway just because it's a baguette. But it's lighter, crispier, um, airier on the inside. Sourdough is a more robust uh, loaf. It's, it's got a heavier crust. It's a real knife a, and fork piece of bread. Exactly. It's the, it's the steak of bread, really. And you're, and you're using a mother for that sourdough? Mother, uh, we call it, um, uh, I'm blanking, but yeah, mother is basically... Um, uh, yeah. And that would be so a, a starter, or mother, starter, and yeah. that's a, basically a, a small piece of live culture, Correct. with some kind of nutrient keeping it alive. No nutrient. I mean, so basically, like at the, the the basic structure of the day is at the end of the day, we're left with a small amount of leaven. We knock that back to a fixed amount based on how much we're making the next day, and then we'll feed it a certain amount. Like basically, we'll feed it ten percent of all of the feeding it's going to get the next morning. So that's a maintenance feed. It stays like that overnight in our bakery, which sometimes gets too hot and causes problems. But uh, <laughs> it stays like that out overnight. 
then you hit it with the, all of the all of the flour and water you need. So all of that, all of those bacteria and yeast that are in there eating on all that stuff overnight, sometimes they run out of stuff to eat, are all eager to like, where's my next meal? I've run out of stuff to eat. When's it coming? You hit them with all of that flour that you need for all the, to make all the leaven for your doughs the next day, and they eagerly go crazy for the first three or four hours in the morning. And then, you know, you after that three or four hours hits is when you mix. And then you mix all of your individual doughs with this super ready, eager, pumped up Mm-hmm. And the yeast, and that's different because both have yeast in them, yeasted bread and a sourdough. Yeah. So, so, so that's com- where it commercial gets... yeast is, you know, saff is what we use. Is It's like, you know, uh, uh, certain strains of bacteria that... Uh, and they're dried they're, they're and they're, they're somehow inter- alive? I mean, they're, or they're they come like alive dormant. when you... Okay, they come alive dormant. when you... They, they're inside of a ball of... <clears throat> I can't remember what the material on the outside is made of, but they're inside of there waiting to be hydrated, basically. Um, and once they're hydrated, they become active. That's why you put it in, in water first right. if you're working at home or building a sponge yep. or a mother or mm-hmm. a starter. Um, <clears throat> as my voice is going. Follow-up question. Can <laughs> I have some of your sourdough mother, please? Sure. But you can also make your own in like four days or five days. I'm out. <laughs> this is the thing about – this. Is, everybody gets it's, – it's admirable that you can um, maintain 11 for – 300 years or whatever and mm-hmm. it's super cool mm-hmm. but it's the same kind of story as like i don't even know if this is true but like every seven years all of the cells in your body have regenerated mm-hmm. like it's the same kind of thing with leaven except it doesn't necessarily week. make it better no right. it doesn't it, it has no bearing on the quality of the leaven i could throw our leaven out tomorrow and start a new one in a week and we'd be back in business doing the same bread mm-hmm. there are different um flavors that are like based on the sort of the you know uh, what, whatever bugs are in the air in your area, right. but basically the system is the same. And for it's the same kind of thing of them saying like, oh, there's no good bagels in LA because of the water, or like you know you can't make San Francisco sourdough in Los Angeles. It's like you can't, but you absolutely can make delicious bread using the exact same process, using basically the exact same strains of bacteria that you were using up there, except instead of up there, it's like, I forgot what it is, but it ends in like San Francisco's or something. Here it's mm-hmm. Los Angeles or something. They're, they're actually named after the cities that they're in when they're right. discovered. But those are the yeast bacteria that are used to make the, the bread for us, and it's the same process. But it doesn't, I'm trying it to doesn't be too mean precious about it. It doesn't mean something is better or worse. It's just different. No. Just different. And it's not even that different. It's just a different bug right. that does the exact same thing. Um, but, yeah. All right, Andy. We're gonna, now we're going to talk about the best thing that we had all week and close things up because okay. you're losing your voice. I am losing my voice. And, uh, you know, we have to get back into that traffic. I think, I mean, <laughs> aside from the hunk of focaccia that I tore off and munched right before this, which yep. was delicious... Um, I, I'm, I'm going to have to go the Cosa Buona mozzarella sticks. Mm-hmm. What did you have that? Had them last week with my friend Tom. Sounds They're pretty good. Delicious. Yeah, I like those guys. Real good. Yeah. Love going in there. Yeah, good people. Love going in there. <laughs> I, haven't been, I haven't been yet. I thought we were going to go. We can still go. Not anymore. No. Okay. No, we can't. <laughs> but how do those mozzi sticks stand up to the ones at, um, what's Zach's thing? Down in downtown. Oh, Big Mots? No, no, no. The, yeah, Smorgasburg? That, oh, yeah, it's Smorgasburg. Smorgasburg. They're very they similar. Look, from the pictures, they look similar. They're and very similar. Yeah. But I don't mm-hmm. know. But I, I think Cosa Bona, their, their mozzarella is really smoky. It's a little mm-hmm. elevated. It's an elevated version of what they do at Smorgasburg, I think. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Smorgasburg is like those Big Mots <clears throat> ones are pretty, they're good. They're just Man, they're pretty so good. standard. Yeah. Yeah. 
Like it's yeah, a good, they, it's a good version of like a standard. These chilies. ones are jazzed up, yeah. right? Yeah, these are these are another Zach took them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was talking about two oh. Zachs. Zach's a good, yeah, there's oh, two, there's we two the, Zachs. Yeah, guys, we got there's both the two Zachs. Zachs. Yeah. So, <laughs> sequel to the two Jakes. Um, <laughs> uh, I also went to OTM last week, and that oh, was damn. not good. Oh boy, <laughs> I was there. That's, I've never heard anything um, positive. Yeah, it's real, like, real bad meal. Um, okay, I love. Okay. I was atmosphere. there and ate everything. I sat next to you and ate everything you did. Not a real bad meal. I think in the context. <laughs> I think in the context of price, it was a very average, nice meal. Mm. Just not a, not one. It's a museum restaurant, right? So it's like a hotel restaurant. Like it's yeah. going to be more expensive. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, it's going to be more so. expensive. Always it's like a that. beautiful space. Like Rain Starks is great, but it's also yeah. like. On its face, if you look at the price, if their price points, it's a museum restaurant. Mm. But I like it. Um, this mm-hmm. uh, this was not as good as Rain Stark, but like, I don't know. It, it was just so kind of fine for being so expensive and being such like so, such so precious for being like your food's not that precious. Yeah, I don't know. It was a bummer. I would definitely never go back there. I would not go back either. <laughs> yeah, the preciousness thing kills. Not me. to blast a restaurant, but I'm so. We usually don't. Yeah. But you got it in your craw. When we left, you it were was like, so, something was, happened. Uh, was there an, was there an we usually, incident? Was yeah, the incident was me signing the check on um, how much yeah. money I spent on that fucking meal. Well, we all split it, but yeah. I mean, yeah, we all, we all it was a big group dinner for yeah. a friend, and, you know, we, 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 ha- we did it all. We, we had the drinks, we had the food, and we... Was we, everybody together on the assessment, or was it just sort of you two? Pretty much, yeah. yeah. I, I mean, so. for, what we, for what we spent a person, we could have gone to Mod or yeah, another yeah, place yeah, yeah. that I really think like, is incredibly consistent. Yeah, um, yeah what, I mean, special. especially if you're somebody who knows... Or Kispaka. Good food. Or, yeah, and like Kispaka was places, perfect. Yeah, yeah. I, that's yeah. my favorite. When you've been, to, a restaurant restaurant when you've been to an excellent yeah, restaurant, yeah. And, you, and you're like, oh, I'm paying the same amount of money that I paid for a meal that I will... Like I'll go to Kispaka and I'll think of that meal fondly on my deathbed, or yeah, like sure. I had like a sublime out of body experience eating that There's meal. There's a difference between uh, like when you get to that level. I feel like it's very easy to lose track of the fact that people are paying what they're paying for your food. Yeah, and mm-hmm. like you, all of the Mozaplex stuff. Like I feel like they know what they're serving you, and they know what the level should be and respect the fact that you're paying for this. And if you don't like Vespertine, mm-hmm. like I'm, I don't even know what the fuck is going on over there, but <laughs> like, I'm so disturbed by everything that I see. I, I, you know, I met that guy. He's really nice, but like, <laughs> what the fuck? Like, <laughs> come on, man. It's really true. But, and you mentioned Mozaplex and I feel like Mozaplex is just like the best example of anything of its size and of its, and to me, it's almost like a better example of its fame yeah. that is still so consistent and solid and also priced differently in all three areas. It's like areas. the Batali stuff in New York. It's like you, all of that stuff just, I mean, it's, I mean he's involved. But, like, mm-hmm. you know, the, you're, you get what you pay for and a little bit more every time. I think it, I, I, I don't really even find dining very often at all. But same. when you have those experiences and they're, they're correct, really you're like, God damn, this is correct. And they respect yeah. you for eating there. Sure. They're psyched that you're eating there. It's not the other way around where yeah. you're like, oh, my God, I'm, in, I'm at OTM. I, like, I'm like, all hail. It's like, no, you, yeah. that's not the way it should be. It should be the other way around, even, I, even if you're on top. I even totally if you're agree. Nancy Silverton. I totally yeah. agree. All right. 
All best, right. best thing uh, you so ate, best Andre. thing I ate is something that I cooked, but it's more about highlighting these guys, Peds and Barnetts, who mm. are at Santa Monica Farmers Market and Hollywood Farmers Market, and I think a few other farmers markets I don't go to. They're pork. they yeah, they got a pork purveyor, um, and everything. So I've got jowl in the fridge from them that I love. Um, their bacon is great, but I don't buy it that often. I don't, I don't, you know, whatever, fine. But what they don't always have is their southern style smoked sausage, apparently because like Snapchat buys 1,500 pounds of it a week what? from them for their fucking deli or whatever. They, oh like, my God. Some <laughs> Silicon Beach company buys like all of it and they have it like once a week at their dining room for like 800 people or whatever. Oh my God. Can't so that, I guess. The first thing I do when I go That's up, good. go by up to the, the lettuce stand up there in the corner, they're like four spaces down. In Hollywood or Santa Monica? In Hollywood. Oh, okay. So like the first thing I do is go to the top right lettuce stand, mm-hmm. vegetables. Yep. And, and then like as I'm going there, I'll be like, hey, you got any smoked sausage? And it's like one out of six times he yeah, has yeah. some. And I'm usually there like nine, so it's like he didn't even bring any. But I got some last week, and there's nothing to do with it. It's just so incredibly good. And a smoked sausage is something that might be my favorite sausage in the world. Mm. And I, like, I think a lot of times the fat content's too high or the, which affects the texture. The texture's off, or there's not snap in the skin. There's all these things, and I think they make such a perfect one. Um, and I did that just with like some lentils. Do you still have mm. any more? I <laughs> bought two. He had two of them, so I have one for Sunday night. Mm. You're invited to come over if you want to hang out Sunday night. <laughs> um, they're going to put in the smoker, but uh, yeah, it's just, so, it's just so good. So I did kind of like a, like the, a warm uh, herb lentil salad. And just brought the smoked sausage up to temp and Hell sliced yeah. it in and served it kind of like that with lettuce, with a nice lettuce salad. Mm-hmm. How else do you need? That was great. Yeah. So, Peds and Barnett's, really well priced. Their ham hocks are fantastic for soups and stocks and any kind of lentil or grain dishes you're doing. And I don't so know. So thankful to be at Hollywood with all the amazing purveyors that are there. It's so I feel awesome. so lucky that I can be there in 10 minutes on a Sunday. Oh, that's awesome. Because the Santa Monica's Farmer's Market it's is incredible. What a pain like, in the ass. I mean, yeah. I got a strap. I got a strap on so some just uh, real pre- early. preserved foods mm-hmm. and yeah. make sure I got enough water to get out there in case <laughs> yeah. anything goes wrong. Stupid town. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Stupid town. God damn it. Yeah. yeah, Hollywood is just, just great. Mm. It's totally fine. Totally, mu- like it's so good that I would, I never feel the need to ever have to go to Santa Monica. Yeah, yeah I, I feel the it same. It scratches way. all the itches I, I would have. And I think they both. I mean, if they were next to each other, I would go to both of them twice a week and just mm. buy less at Hollywood. I love Santa Monica Farmers Market, but it's like really, it's just a beast to get out to from it's where also, we live. It's also even more like I have only been a couple times to be honest, but the the it feels more insane uh, in trying to get the stuff that you want because the chefs are all at, at well, Santa that's the problem. Yeah, they're, yeah. They're, it's also picked clean. Like you're really the, quick. You're stacked yeah. against you as just like you still a normal get great buyer. shit, but yeah. like like. You're you're kind of picking at the bottom of the barrel. When you know it's it's this happens to me at Hollywood, and it'll happen to even more often in Santa Monica because that's like that's a real chef heavy restaurant yeah. heavy. But you'll see the cardboard box of things that aren't out for sale yeah. that somebody's picking up, and you're like, wait, wait, what, what what's in that box? <laughs> I don't see that out here. What is that? What's that wild thing? I don't that's even know what that is. Yeah. And you, you see, needn't worry about yeah. the contents of this box. And you see the look on the Sioux, who's down. just like, oh, I can't. Well, there's a, you. There's two whole pounds of this. And you're like, what are you guys talking about back there? <laughs> yeah. Some bullshit. Yeah. It's great. Privilege. Um, Me? You, baby. I already talked about the uh, the diner at the 
uh, Police Academy. It's <laughs> so great. It's just awesome, and I highly, I re- highly recommend it. It has like those, you know, you know, like have you ever been to Nick's? Uh, mm-hmm. That you know, it has like uh-huh. the horseshoe shaped kind of counter. There's three of those in the middle of the restaurant. It's it's it really solidifies the look. Sounds like the wow. uh, Grand Central Oyster Bar in New York a little bit. Kind of smaller, but smaller, but same shape of that mm-hmm. kind of. I love that place so much. Me too. Um, it's so great. Uh, another awesome preserved institution that I hope uh, Los Angeles continues to do as well. Do you still have a hat from there? Lost it a long time ago. The menu is awesome. One of my favorite. The whole, there's so time. many. I just a lot of memorable experiences there. Yeah, <laughs> uh, but I'll, I'll like I eat at home like 90 percent of the time. Like we have a lot mm-hmm. of our accounts. We're like, come down. It's like okay, and then I just end up eating with my girlfriend at home. And we just like roast vegetables, make a grain, or like make some kind of pasta dish, or make fresh pasta, or make something. It's like that's the bulk of the stuff they eat. But I'll say that a place that I do enjoy eating and try to eat at as much as I can that's out in the world is Maza. That place rules. Have you guys been? I have not been yet. Mm-mm. Oh, my God. you got to go. I know. Uh, it's so simple. and For our listeners at home, it's, it's the place that's M-H-Z-H. spelled M-H space Z-H. Yeah, on Sunset. It's one of, one of the, probably the hottest restaurant in L.A. Yeah, that's most so right insane. Uh, uh, by some of the nicest, you know, set up by, you know, Connor is one of the nicest dudes of any of our accounts, not to compare him to our other accounts, but he's just one of the nicest guys who like is consistently asking us about our expansion plans and like how we're doing. And he knows like about our problems and <laughs> just cares about people and, and also cares about his food and his food is phenomenal. And it comes from a place of, uh, experience where he's like has his uh, you know has an, an Israeli family and lived in Israel and also has a lot of fine dining background and just turned that into making unbelievably simple delicious food in this tiny tiny little nothing kitchen and it just it's I really love that place what's your fantastic. favorite thing there um, the lamb is really fantastic honestly the it's just amazing but the potato uh, potato is so freaking good like mm. I, it's just it's uh, I mean everything literally every single dish there is worth ordering because it's great there are no low lights it and it's cheap exist. and, and it's you can bring your own fuck. BYOB I don't know fruit. if you can do that anymore but oh really uh, I think that got shut down but I think that um, just get drunk before it should it should be I think their parking lot their license should be back up Camelback soon. yeah Camelback Camelback full of Rosa BYOCB BYOCB <laughs> sorry I apologize for that, that was good. all right Andy, thank you so much for doing this thanks for having me guys um, it was fun. I hope it was because you had to trek out look here up on a work Bub day. and Grandma's <laughs> if you're in LA yeah. it's, it's everywhere you want to be it's some of the best bread in town. Follow him on Instagram. Keep up with his new endeavors that could be surfacing soon. Hopefully Being able just week. to buy the bread straight. You yeah. can buy it by the loaf at... Well, Hollywood Farmer's Market Hollywood Sunday, Farmer's Market. But, it's but Dune sells it by the loaf too, right? Mm, not normally. It's hard to do because people like know when there's going to be extras and they go get it. But right. main retailers are Hollywood Farmer's Market. And if you are going to come to Hollywood, Far- Hollywood Farmer's Market, come at either 8 or 10.30 because there's like 50-person lines for each time and it sells out like in an hour. It's crazy. Uh, and then Cookbook and Echo Park sells our stuff every day. Botanica and Silver Lake sells our stuff every day. Cute. Um, Very cute. La French Butcher in Holl- and Hollywood sells our stuff every day. Cheese Store, Beverly Hills. Duvin, the wine store on Melrose. Damn. Who else? And then there's like, if you can, Blacktop Coffee Downtown, Wax Paper, and Dune sell our stuff if it's available, if they have extra, right. which mm-hmm. they usually don't, but call first. 
Sweet. Sweet. You can follow me on social media at them jeans. Andre Conopar has zero social media because he's just that the way cool. to be. I don't know. <laughs> I don't think it's serving me well, it but it could be the way I'm to be. Still doing it. It's the way to be. Thestewpodcast.com is a website where all the episodes live. If you like this show, please give us a nice rating and review on iTunes and tell a friend. Thanks, Andy. My pleasure. Thank you. Bye. Are we going to shout out mom? Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Jumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Jumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Grand Canyon University's RN to BSN online degree program makes earning your bachelor's in nursing possible. Balance online coursework with local in-person clinicals to position yourself for potential leadership opportunities in the time you have from wherever you are, leaving room for what matters. Achieve your goals with your personalized plan and team behind you. Find your purpose at Grand Canyon University. Visit gcu.edu.